In this episode of The Full Nerd, Core i9 reviewed, Sound Blaster AE5, and Xbox One X build, and a national state of emergency for GPUs is declared news at 11. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 24. Did I get that right? Are we on 24? You sure did. I can't even count. Yeah, today. you got it. Recorded on June no, 20th. No, 25, 25. See? Wait, what, I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, and you I'm verified I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought I saw I 24 a- up earlier. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 25. That's for the edit, which we won't edit in. Recorded on June 20th, 2017. I'm Gordon Mung with co-host Brad Charkas. Hey, y'all. Guest, uh, guest, our special guest. I don't know why I even have this. Not is there like a non-special guest? It's like not even special. She's special. Elena Yee, special guest. Elena Yee, special. And controlling the vertical and horizontals, Adam, Adam Patrick Murray. Uh, hey Gordon, did you see all the hot uh, new World of Warships uh, info <laughs> from E3 last week? Was there? I was playing last night, but yes. You, you didn't no, watch didn't. like the live stream and no, really know, was all there. The- <laughs> I would uh, have if I'd known that. No, he's, no, he's no there's you, not. Dude. Nobody's paying attention to that during E3. Come on. Oh. It's because it doesn't, they're actually doing their own show, man. <laughs> they don't need E3. They yeah. pulled out of E3 a couple of years ago and said that exactly. Yep. Yeah, they don't, they don't, don't need, need it. E3, they, my God, it's a free-to-play model. What do they need to pay them for? Free-to-play. <laughs> it's for you to buy stuff. Uh, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, one, and if you're wondering, right behind Adam is uh, is our special guest, our other special guest, Martin Williams, who's going to teach us how to say aluminum. How do you say aluminum? How do you say it? Aluminium. Uh, he, I think he said aluminum. Yeah, he said <laughs> aluminum. So I will trans- Google Translate will actually say that is aluminum. Nice. Uh, but I want to get on our first topic because we got a lot of stuff to cover. Obviously, we've been talking about Core i9, it feels like, God, for months. It's officially here now. And, of course, I've lost my benchmarks. We actually have some benchmarks we're going to look at. Oh, I got it right here. Look. So Adam is actually going to flash. So basically, if you don't know, Core i9 benchmark reviews lifted this Monday at like 6 a.m. I've got a small subset of them, the ones that I think are important to talk about. Um, it is, of course, I only review the 10-core part. I did get the KB Lake X part very, very late in the process, but I'm not putting a $250 CPU into a $500 motherboard at this point, so I'm not, <laughs> not really sure who cares about that. But uh, can we get the first graphic up there, Adam? Uh, we sure can. Here we go. Uh, right, we, were try to, we were trying to go full go. Madden, but it, oh, Yay. look at there. Good. Yeah. So the first thing you are what, seeing what are there, if, if, for audio people, we are showing you basically a, a, a results from Handbrake. And we basically take a very large 30-gig file. We encode it in Handbrake, which is multi-threaded. And right on top of all these other CPUs, we can see Vishera all the way down to the bottom of the Empire State Building down there, is that 10-core Skylake X part. And that is... For the most part, the story of Skylake X, the 10-core part, it is simply the fastest consumer CPU Intel has ever sold us, thus Core i9, right? It's, it's pretty we impressive. Get, pretty impressive. Let's flip to the next chart. We're going to go on a Cinebench, revol- uh, Cinebench results, sorry for audio listeners, but I'm looking at a score of uh, Core i9. Of course, my chart is Core i7. There's a, there's a whole backstory to that. Core i9-7900X, 2180, basically, in Cinebench. 
pretty damn good. Again, this is heads heads and shoulders over the eight cores. Uh, an eight core Broadwell E, fifteen fifty four. You basically you're getting what mm, maybe twenty five percent more cores for about thirty percent plus more performance for that ten core part. Of course, you're getting hyper threading as well. But uh, audio listeners, uh, you can't you can't see this, but the people that are looking at this slide right now, they're going, "Well, look at that Broadwell E. That Broadwell E is right there." Now that is really kind of the problem I had with my Skylake X review is the 10-core Core i7-6950X part, the infamous $1,723 CPU, is right there. The whole time, it's sitting right in the rear-view mirror of Skylake X. And that is a little bit of a problem for Skylake X, but um, we'll get to that later. Let's flip to the next chart. Should yeah, this is, just, this is just like college. <laughs> and you know, there will be a test. There will be a test. What was the score of Cinebench in 1872? I don't know. <laughs> Again, Pauvre, this is another 3D rendering thing. Again, Skylake X, right on top. We see actually a better delta between the 10-core Skylake X and the 10-core Broadwell E, but it's not that far behind it. And both those 10 cores are sitting way, way in front of the 8-core parts. And I will say, and I just want to give the shout-out to the AMD fans there, look at where that Ryzen 7 1800X, that thing is looking pretty right there, right? 3300 mm-hmm. versus 4500. Yeah, that's big gap, but uh, 1800X is $500, right? So that's a moral victory. Yep. So, And this uh, part that we're testing is 1000 bucks, right? The, yeah, this is the, the $1,000. The 10-core yeah. part is $1,000. Uh, and uh, I'm actually, so the next one I, I picked specially because I want to point out one of the di- key differences with Skylake X. We're going to go to Win. This is a WinRAR 5.40. I also did run the 5.5 beta. Didn't make any damn difference. Uh, again, I'm going to explain it for the people who can't see the chart. On top is no longer Skylake X. It is that 10-core Broadwell E part. And then second place, 8-core Broadwell E part. Finally, third place, 10-core Skylake X. And it is tracking a solid third place. Of course, you're wondering, like, what the hell? Why, if it's faster in all these 3D rendering apps, why is it slower in WinRAR? Mm -hmm. I initially thought it was because of the cache differences with... uh, 60, with the with the Skylake X because they, they did rejigger the entire cache design of Skylake X. It is a different core. It is not Skylake K. I guess it's probably an easy way to break it down for you for a desktop. It, it's got a different cache, but I, I talked to Intel and they said, you know, actually, it turns out this is probably due to the mesh architecture of Skylake X. So previously on Broadwell E, on Haswell, on Ivory Bridge, they use a ring architecture where they basically had a ring, if you think about it, as a, a ring connecting four cores, a ring connecting six cores, a ring connecting eight cores. You get up to like, you know, 20, what, 22 cores, 28 cores that we're starting to hit now that, you know, you can see a ring architecture is not going to work because it's a great big hoop going between, between all those CPUs. Sometimes they'll actually run multiple CPUs or multiple rings you're just going to add a lot of latency. They, Intel sees the future, says this ring thing is, ain't going to work when we start stacking all these cores on here. Let's go to a new mesh architecture. It's basically like a grid. So all the CPUs are interconnected on a grid. So, you know, it doesn't have to go all the way around and visit these. The data doesn't have to visit all these other CPUs before it gets to the next CPU. It can go directly from, you know, core zero to core five. So this mesh architecture is pretty much the future for Intel processors. Intel says, yeah, and you're seeing the result here in WinRAR where um, the performance is lower than expected. 
and it's the it's actually the mesh architecture. I actually saw that, and also seven so, zip as well. Sorry, go ahead. So if they're switching from the ring bus to this mesh architecture, and it results in a performance degradation, at least here, why are they doing that? Well, because um, Intel thinks that you know as as uh, as they get to you know twenty eight cores, and God knows where this ends. Right? People seem to want more and more, especially on servers. You get up to forty plus cores on a on a die. Uh, a, multiple ring architectures just connected to each other just is is going to put them at a penalty to AMD, which is, they use a, fa- a fabric, right? And, you know, and this is actually something where people think, well, this is this is all because of AMD. Intel did this mesh architecture because of AMD, and, and that it is probably not There's true. There's no way. There's no way because this is, this is <laughs> stuff that's been in development for years and years and years. Um, they didn't just suddenly pull this out of, like, a you know, their black bag and stick it on a CPU and, and crank, you know, push the print button. This is something that has been in the works for years. It just happens to line up now with the launch of of uh, Ryzen Threadripper and Ryzen. So it looks like they are reacting to AMD. I don't think the actual CPU designs that we're seeing today are are a result of Ryzen. We are seeing pricing that is a result of Ryzen, but we are not seeing the actual designs that are the result of, of Ryzen. So I mean, it is possible for more than one person to have the same idea. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then you know, again, it it takes a couple of years or more for these things to come to fruition. So it's uh, I know people want to read a lot more into it, but I don't think it's there. Uh, last couple charts, uh, we can flip that really quickly. We're going to sh- show you Premiere. Uh, Premiere, we're basically hey back to Skylake X being on top. Very nice. This is a CPU encode. I will say I also did a GPU encode. Same thing. People who like you know people go like, oh, I use my GPU for encoding in Premiere. I don't care. The deltas between the 10 core and 8 core and 6 core were about the same, except you could, you know, cut the times in half. So if you're doing, say, a three-hour render on your GPU, you know, it would definitely take longer on a 4 core than it would on a 10 core, even though you are doing that render on the CPU. I do select maximum render quality, um, so that does make a difference, but it still does help to actually have more cores in Premiere, even up to 10 cores. So pretty good. Uh, next one, we're going to flip on to Rainbow Six. Uh, I'm not really going to run a lot of game benchmarks here. I've done a lot of uh, reading of uh, reviews on the internet, and for the most part, um, the message is like, yeah, it's uh, Skylake X is a fine chip for you know gaming. It's definitely a little slower in some things. Uh, in actually, the results you see here, it is number four be- behind Broadwell, Broadwell E, KB Lake. Uh, but you know you're looking at what 267 versus 274 in Rainbow Six Siege at 1910 medium. So we're not looking at a huge difference here. For the most part, it's like you know you're gonna play your game. You're not gonna you're not gonna really suffer in, in uh, a frame rate advantage disadvantage. So last one I'm gonna get to actually a couple. Actually this one's cool. This is an IPC <laughs> chart where I take Skylake X, I took KB Lake, Broadwell E, everything, and I just clock them at. Uh, 2.5 gigahertz, and I ran just Cinebench with a single thread. And the idea here is you can explore the instructions per clock of the chip, so sort of how efficient it is if they were all running exactly the same speed. Um, they're pretty close. There were slight differences from because of the B clock differences, but for the most part, uh, this is a good message for Skylake X because you would think it's basically 6700K, but we're looking at Skylake X here, having a higher IPC than KB Lake. Slightly. We're not looking at a lot. We're looking at it for people who can't see the chart. We're looking at 110 on Skylake X at 2.5 gigahertz versus the KB Lake part at 107. 
at 2.5 gigahertz in Broadwell E, 106. And uh, actually, it's kind of cool. Haswell, an old Devil's Canyon Park, but running at 2.5 gigahertz, 101. And uh, Ryzen 7 is, if you can't actually see this chart because you're listening to the podcast, Ryzen 7 1800X, 2.5 gigahertz, 102. So I know AMD has said um, the IPC is closer to Broadwell, but you know I think this kind of tracks with I've, I've read other results, people saying, yeah, it's a little lower than what AMD said. Of course, this is just simply one test. This is this is it may be another test that that puts them a little closer, but you're not looking at a huge difference between uh, 101 and and uh, uh, Broadwell part at 106. Uh, and the one thing I do want to point out is I do have the Vishera part on this chart. If you're going, wow, look how great Vishera is, that is actually not true because <laughs> I left it on air intentionally. I could not underclock my uh, four gigahertz Vishera to 2.5 gigahertz. It wouldn't go that low, so I just left it at four gigahertz. So that 94 that you're seeing versus a Haswell running at 2.5 gigahertz, the, the Vishera is 94, Haswell is at 101, uh, and Sandy Bridge, ancient 2600K is at 89. So yeah, hey, Vishera is faster at <laughs> 4 gigahertz than a 2.5 gigahertz Sandy Bridge chip. Sorry, I just, sorry, FX fans. This was actually the there. most interesting uh, graph that you had in your whole review to me. I did not expect Skylake X to top the 7700K in pure APC. I really did not either. And and I think that is one thing that people got to remember is Skylake X is not Skylake K. This is not a 6700K part. Um, 6700K part was primarily a mobile first part. Um, Skylake X is a server part. So, you know, power be damned, right, for the most part. So it's it's got other, it's got AVX 512. I couldn't get, the weird thing is I could not get AVX 512 to run on my board after I updated the BIOS. I actually ran it a week and a half ago in a demo. Then I came back, I I reloaded the OS and, you know, and then I got the latest BIOS for it and I can no longer run AVX 512 in Sandra, which is the only one I can think of where there's a, a benchmark for it. So Sandra does have a built-in benchmark for AVX 512 performance. It's awesome because I will say I ran it again a week and a half ago, but I, there's nothing I have that I can show that to you, but that's probably realistic because AVX 512, which is supposed to give you awesome performance um, over, you know, we're not talking 10% games, we're talking a 40% gain if, you know, AVX 512 is turned on, just pulling that number on my my nose orifice. But there's just nothing that supports AVX 512 today, really. So as, but we will see as there's more AVX 512 perform uh, apps. You know, it'd be interesting to see where where Skylake X ends up. So, and the last I one. Have a question. Oh, go ahead. I have a question first. Go ahead. I'm going to derail this. So you're talking about the BIOS, right? Yeah. I've heard other people say they had some pretty severe BIOS issues. Other reviewers as they were reviewing this. How did the BIOS handle for you? Did you have many issues besides that? Uh, I didn't. I, so originally the board I, I have, I ran this on a X99, a Prime X99 Deluxe. I ran it with an 001 BIOS initially. Then I got a shipping, closer to shipping BIOS of a, a 0401. I had no issues, honestly. Um, I will say, though, I mean, like, I, I, when we were first seated the board and processor at a workshop, other people were having issues. There, This definitely was not the smoothest launch, um, let me say. And, and there's... Besides the performance, so the performance is awesome for what it is. There's a lot of caveats, a lot of big-ass asterisks here. But there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Like, uh, my review is written. All the reviews are written. None of us know how much Intel VROC will cost, right? And, of course, this is something we discussed last time in the show. Intel Virtual RAID on CPU, awesome feature. You can, you know, you can RAID up to 20 NVMe PCIe drives to the CPU and boot into a Windows partition. I don't know how much. Nobody knows. 
Uh, Intel was, I, I was like, are we going to know? Like, yeah, yeah, we're getting that info for you. Well, it's after launch. You don't have it. One thing I do want to mention, which I probably should have the last time, is this doesn't mean you can't get RAID 1, 5, and 10. RAID 1, 5, and 10 and 0 still supported on the PCH. That is the chipset that is on the board, just like it was on X99, just like it is on Z270. You can do all that, but... Um, are you really gonna Are you really gonna raid four NVMe PCIe drives on your PCH and then squeeze it through a, a by four Gen three connection? I, I don't think so. It's better to go straight using all that fat PCIe into your CPU. So I, I think it's a, it's a not a good sign that we don't have pricing for VROC. And again, so for Core i nine, this is the this is the sole Core i nine chip, the ten core part, the twelve, fourteen, sixteen, and eighteen. Those are coming later. Like, I think uh, August, I think, is for 12, and then October for 14 through 18. Wow, that's That's a a ways out. (laughs) Yes, and that, (laughs) you know, yeah, I know that's a long ways away. And that, you know, and again, this, we can get into general discussion. This is, I think, the pressure from AMD, right? I I honestly think this 10-core part was what Intel was going to launch with originally when they put Skylake X on the roadmap two years ago. And, of course, now we have Ryzen. Now we have Ryzen Threadripper. Now suddenly we have 18-core Core i9 parts that probably were not planned two years ago. So they will be taking their server Xeons, special, like basically the best of the of the Xeons that can clock up that has the, the Turbo Boost 2 stuff, and they will be moving those to consumers. So that is that is direct. I My feeling is that's a direct result of, of AMD and, and Ryzen, and of course the price. Right. right? I totally agree because all the higher core count chips, the 12 through 18, they're just... They told you how much they're going to be and how much the cores are, but that's it. They had everything else is a question mark at this point. Yeah, it's rather odd, so. isn't it? Yeah, we know yeah. how we know how much we know what the core count is, but we know nothing else. We don't know clocks. We don't know anything else. So, uh, no, PCIe lanes. Well, yeah, that's right. Uh, no, we don't even know that. <laughs> that's true, actually. We don't. I mean, I don't imagine they're going to like. We're going to like. We're going to give you eighty-five because AMD is giving you sixty-four, but I think it'll still be forty-four. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine them going adding even more, but maybe I don't they, know if you had an 18 core part with only 44 PCI lanes and you get Threadripper <laughs> with like 64. I mean, I don't think that looks great from a consumer's point of view. Yeah, I I can imagine. I yeah, but I I can't also at the same time I I don't imagine somebody at Best Buy going well. <laughs> Are they going to sell these at <laughs> Best Buy? Gordon? Threadripper I mean, has 64 PCIe lanes. Well, what? Well, sir, <laughs> do you do you happen to? Are you running or your home pornography? A web server or something? Do you need all that storage? Yes, I do. Okay, well then, I guess you need that. You know, but see, no, I, I would think that more PCIe, more PCIe lanes would be beneficial in these kind of parts specifically because if you're spending the money on an 18 core CPU, you're probably doing heavy duty stuff, and you probably have heavy duty hardware accessories that go with it, like a sound card with extended storage, maybe a graphics card or two. So yeah, I mean it's fair, but I mean I don't think I ever heard of anybody running out of bandwidth yeah. on a on a, on the, a 40 lane uh, broadwell ear has yeah the right? previous extreme edition chips all had 40 44 something like that pcie lanes and no one had a problem with it until now that Threadripper's coming out with 64 so right so i think now, that kind of says something yeah well i mean honestly i i think they're both fine i mean i think it, i i my issue <laughs> i think 44 is great i'd be happy with 40 pcie lanes what i'm not happy with and then we did touch on this last time is Core i9 gives you 44 PCIe lanes. Uh, Core i7 with the Skylake X core uh, gives you 28, and as well as a six core. So the Intel 
you know, snips off some of those PCIe lanes because you're too cheap. You're not paying them a thousand bucks, right? right. So, so if you I, go eight core now, you're just kind of yeah, <laughs> that and burns. That burns yep. because their six hundred dollar chips used to have forty PCIe lanes, so it's purely a a business decision, right? Yeah, and I gotta say they gotta not like it matters. I mean, I mean for the most part, people don't need even forty, right? But it just bur- it's it would burn me to pay what whatever the is it five hundred bucks for the eight core part for Skylake X or six I think it's like six hundred six hundred six hundred bucks. The motherboards and the motherboards start like the cheapest one you can get is two hundred and thirty bucks, right? So that would just that would just burn me so. Do we actually? I had one more chart. I don't know yeah. if we want to run it or not. Adam, should we do it? Let's, Let's just do it. it yes, out. I yes. got it. Last one. This is just simply Cinebench R15 multi-threaded performance. This is kind of cool because it goes all the way from Skylake X 10 core down to that four core 2600K. Now this is with the clock speeds not locked at 2.5 gigahertz, and it just it's man. We we are just it is just. The amount of performance you are getting today on a Core i9 is very nice. You know, and again, Broadwell E. And I got to say, my Broadwell E part, when I tested originally, I was getting about 1,800. And I've, I was looking at everybody else's reviews. They're about 1,850, 1,900. But I retested it. And uh, for whatever reason, the board that I'm running now is running all the cores at 4 gigahertz where it'll run it comfortably. And it's, it's you know, you, you don't have to upgrade if you have a Broadwell E. So no kidding. No. Yeah, at the same time, you paid one thousand seven hundred twenty-three dollars for it. So you're okay with that. It's but, a pretty decent jump too for our audio listeners. We're looking at what twenty-one hundred roughly for this seventy-nine uh, hundred X, and then uh, if you jump down to the Ryzen seven eighteen hundred X part, which is number three on the chart, that's uh, that's like sixteen hundred. Right. Event score. <clears throat> yeah, and you know, of course, you know, the moral victory is like, hey, I'm I'm only paying five hundred dollars for that, so. I actually think, like, looking at this chart, for me, and, of course, I sort of keyed on this when I originally was, like, my cheapskate was Ness. I wanted that that Ryzen 7 1700. Yeah, like, man. That is just, like, you are getting eight cores. You're getting, you know, and that's the stock clock. If you overclock it to four gigahertz, you're going to get a little more more out of it. You're getting a hell of a lot of performance for $300, right? $300. You're not that far behind those two 10 cores. And, you know, it's it's tough to, like, eh. I think for most people, six cores or that, that Ryzen 7 1700, it's a good part. It's a really good part. Yep. And especially because, as far as we know, most, pretty much all of them will overclock to 3.9, 4 gigahertz right around there. So it'll get you right up there with the 1800X if you don't mind spending half an hour tinkering. Right. And of course, um, you know, this is a multi threaded benchmark. You look at, I think that's actually pretty cool too. Here's what we're seeing. Um, the KB Lake, and this kind of surprised me because I hadn't looked at the scores in a while, but Core i5-7600K, no hyper-threading, is pretty much as fast as a Core i7, you know, the, the weird Broadwell part, right? So that was the that was a, a Broadwell made for um, LGA 1150X part, and it's the same damn performance, and that's with hyper-threading on that Broadwell part, and it is more performance than you're getting out of a Sandy Bridge Acquire seven twenty six hundred K uh with hyper threading. So that that is that is very impressive of, of that seventy six hundred K part. I think a lot of people recommend that as sort of their like 
budget gaming part, and I I, I got to agree. Mm-hmm. That's a really good really good chip for it. So, uh, Gordon, we got a lot of people in chat asking about <laughs> real-world buying advice. Charts are all good and well. All right. You know, a lot of people tuned off. It was just real boring, all those numbers. I, I'm Too many not. numbers? Uh, but <laughs> but really, you know, more importantly, you're, you're not adding anything in here about price. You know, price to performance is, is the whole other side of the coin right you know well it's from, i mean also people are like hey should i wait for the more consumer uh coffee lake you know stuff like that well i think uh it's from a certain point of view as obi-wan said right so <laughs> look you're getting <laughs> from obi-wan or uh obi-wan's point of view you're getting more performance that intel was charging you one thousand seven hundred and twenty three dollars for just a year ago Woo! So that's awesome. But yeah, no, it's still for thousands. I mean, it's really funny. I was just I thinking about this. Like, what if they had Intel head and they really should have introduced that Broadwell E at a thousand bucks, right? Yep. If they right. come out with that Broadwell E, it was a thousand bucks. Everybody said, oh my God, you gave us two extra cores for the same price you've been charging us for an eight core. Everybody would have been happy. The eight core would have like migrated down to, you know, 600. Everybody would, everything would be. You know, but we're in a different world now. Yeah, thousand dollars for ten cores versus, you know, five hundred or four hundred dollars for an eight core from AMD. Yeah, that is a that is a that is a that's a tough one to swallow, and for multi-threaded tasks, right? So again, when we're talking about the strengths of this chip, now Skylake X, the strength is it's going to kick ass in all your three D rendering, all your heavy duty loads, media encoding, things where you're really going to use twenty threads. You know what? People go like, yeah, $1,000, that's a ripoff. You know what? If I'm sitting there and I'm getting paid as a freelancer to render a project and it takes me five hours on a, on a 7700K and it takes me two hours on a 7900X, hell, that's worth it to me. That's money in my pocket, right? So it pays for itself. So it's your point of view. If you were looking at just purely games, yeah, different world. So and for best bang for your buck, yeah, clearly you can't beat Ryzen. You just can't beat it. You can't beat eight cores for... That, look at that that Ryzen 7 1700 part. That is 300 bucks for 75% the performance of a 10-core part, basically. And what, uh, yeah. and what do we think the upcoming coffee, like, you know, which is a little more geared towards mainstream, going to bring in for this? I mean, it, should, should people wait? Should people hang on? Should they go for Ryzen? I mean, if they got the money to burn, sure, go for Skylake. I you know I don't know what the core count's going to be on Coffee Lake. It's another fourteen nanometer part that we're. I've 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 lost count. There's so many lakes. Can there's Cannon Lake. There's Coffee Lake. Do you remember Brad or Elena? I, I just no. So the next one is another iteration. It is a fourteen nanometer part. Um, so they're stretching out fourteen nanometer again. If we're, I think Cannon Lake is a ten nanometer part. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's twenty eighteen. We're talking 2018 here. If you can wait, if you can honestly wait that long, then wait. It's always better to wait. Prices are always better. And I will say, Skylake X pricing will be better next year. You know, Threadripper will be here. More competition is better. Prices get lower. Yeah, if you can afford to wait. If you got to buy right now, then you buy based on, you know, what your needs are. I was talking about this the other day. Like, there is no such thing as you'll see a lot of people say, what's the best CPU? There is no such thing as a best CPU. There is such thing as the best CPU for you. You play games, that's all you do. You play single-player games at home or you play games at home. You don't do all the, I'm going to stream to Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook at the same time. Yeah, 7,600K, can't beat it, right? It's it's awesomeness for that kind of gaming purpose. You play games, but you also you know work for a living. You do media encoding. You're a video editor. Yeah, then uh, honestly, uh, 
a hopefully the I would probably do you know um, for the best bang for the buck. Then you're looking at Ryzen seven, right? Because eight core or the six core, the Ryzen five. But if you the problem with those is they are they are PCIe limited. If you do need more PCIe lanes than um, X, well, the boards the board Brad can probably talk about board prices, but uh, X two ninety nine boards with the six core. Uh, Skylake X part, if you can get it, um, which I don't think you can right now, is is not a bad nope. choice either to get all the PCIe lanes. You just well more. I mean, twenty eight's more than sixteen, right? So that that just burns me. Yeah, the KB like X part. <laughs> oh, the KB like X part is yeah. I didn't even I did not review it, but yeah, KB like X is even worse because it's sixteen lanes of PCIe. So that is I, I don't even understand. I mean, a lot of people I've talked to don't understand it. It's very odd. Literally no point in buying it over KB Lake. The and core. especially yeah. because you're going to spend $250 on that part and then have to spend at least $250 on a motherboard. And that's crazy to me. And yeah. You're so limited on what you can do with that motherboard at yeah. that point. Dual channel, only 16 PCIe lanes. Yeah. But, you know, I, I sometimes I, I really suspect Intel made that because they want to cater to the overclocking sports people. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I that, think they've said that even. Yeah. So, you know... I guess I guess that's fine, but I kind of wish it had been the prices had been built that way because I honestly think their six core Skylake X part would feel more competitive, you know, Dan it like you know Ryzen five pricing, right? Because mm-hmm. the six cores were six cores. Skylake X is probably going to track a little bit faster, but you know, is it is it four hundred dollars more? You know, it's four hundred dollars mm-hmm. versus you know two hundred dollars for a six core uh, Ryzen five part. So, or is it two fifty? The most the most interesting part of this lineup to me, even though you didn't review it, is still the eight core part, which is yes. six hundred dollars, right? Uh, which, if you look at that, that's only a hundred dollars more than AMD's eighteen hundred X. Yeah, and you know it beats it in IPC performance. Right. So it's like, sure, Ryzen is damn good parts at damn good prices, but if you're looking to buy something similar and you want the best at that core count, uh, an extra hundred dollars doesn't seem too extravagant to me. Yeah. That is, I mean, that that eight core part does look attractive, but you know, then you're burned because you only get 28 PCIe lanes, which is still better than what you're getting out of Ryzen. I was gonna say it's still more than what you get with uh, the 800X. Man, it just, (laughs) just like you know, it's in there, it's turned off, just to just to make you angry. Well, yeah, because I mean, they used to give you more with that core count, so not having it now feels a little bit like they just like yanked that string. God, you know, you when you take something away, it always burns. You would just thought they said, "Look, we gotta be competitive. Let's just give people, give the people, yeah, give give the people the the forty PCI, forty four PCIe lanes, right?" That's that's from Total Recall. People don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else do you want to cover on this topic? We do have a couple people in chat asking about the new Sound Blaster. You know? Oh, really? So, uh, yeah. Well, what else have we got to cover on this? I think we're good. We've. We, What's the bottom line? I want to hear the straight bottom line. So the bottom line is straight talk. Um, if you got to buy, if you need the badass multi-core part now, and you got to buy right now, uh, buy Skylake X. If you can wait, wait for Threadripper. Let's see what AMD can bring. Let's see if they can bring them out in in enough yield to compete. At the same time, I was looking today. You can't buy no ten-core part on Newegg or Amazon, right? So impossible to get. Uh, I would. You know, again, if I had to do it today, you know, Skylake X, but if I could wait, I don't know, until whenever, you know, Threadripper comes out, I'd wait a couple months because just, you just want to see what, what, what AMD has to offer before you make a move. It's, it's, a, it's a big investment for a system like this. So I, uh, I would wait. 
at some time currently until Thread Ripper shows up, um, this right now is is the is the big bad mama, right? At uh, for a thousand bucks, ten cores, high clocks, better IPC than even what you're getting out of KB Lake even. So it's hard to beat that. Except for this thousand dollars. <laughs> nice. So better right. than seventeen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Move on to uh Sound Blaster. Really? So people actually want to know. Okay, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, a couple do. Yeah. You have fellow people out there. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. With. yeah, it's probably like, is it actually everybody at Creative right now? Like, oh, they're going to talk about Creative. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I'm going to make, do we want to roll B-roll or do we want to just hey, I've got some B-roll, yeah. So you, you just yeah, tell me, you know, you see. just talk. Right, so we're just talking. So basically, uh, I did a hands-on preview at PCWorld.com. I have not reviewed it yet because clearly, uh, sorry, Skylake X more important than Sound Blaster card. Um it's a brand new sound card. Of course, oh, here we, we go. Lights. We have a digital connector. Looks like you can just Beautiful, buy huh? more LED digital lights. String brand new sound card is not something you'd expect to hear in 2017. <laughs> well, it I has think, LED lights too. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so like that. Really? Why is it, why is it, why are there lights on a sound card? Because that's the thing now. Everything has to flash. I know, but everybody was like, "Okay, I uh, you, you lost me there because it's a sound card. It's just to make it sound better, not like make your case look better." But <laughs> it's just a you know, creative says, "Hey, you know, we throw the lights on there." And gamers are like, "Oh, oh, buy it. It's got LEDs." So look, there you go. The LEDs there. I just yeah. spent like twenty or thirty bucks to get an LED strip for my new case. So. Uh. I- uh, I'll bow out of this conversation. <laughs> I, I would say it's also not just the strip, but I mean the the card itself. They they put R- RGB lighting on the card. Yeah, there's itself, RGB right? lighting yeah, on so the. That, that's nice. You get a lot of out of it. I mean, so you know, uh, <laughs> of course, the lights are what everybody notices, but they're actually under the hood. There's quite a bit of change. Uh, for the most part, the the uh, Soundcore 3D stuff is the same, but they have added a 32-bit um, ESS DAC, and the amplifier is now two uh, two separate amps, for, one for each channel of your headphones and there's a special jack on the card for the headphones creative says like yeah you know no one's really using speakers anymore we need to address people that are using great big cans it'll drive those really high impedance high resistance you know i like to say resistance for some reason because i'm not an electrical engineer but <laughs> i i i i uh it's it'll drive those 500 ohm you know cans that people run so those studio quality cans so and, you know you have all the the cool creative stuff but for the most part the audio quality should be pristine. I did a just quick listen. I liked it over onboard audio, which I think is probably what I would put it against. Elena, actually, I think you had a different opinion, but we didn't have much time to really look at it. So, well, you also kind of spoiled the tester. Which <laughs> I know. Told me I which, you told me which one was which, and I was like, dude, you got to do a blind taste test here. <laughs> because now I don't know if I'm like subconsciously tainted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got a great question. Uh, from the chat, uh, what is this? Uh, Tech and Gamer for Life yeah. on YouTube says, uh, "Do you think the average person would need a sound card?" <coughs> well, I have a thought. Oh wait, Brad's gonna go. Brad, please. I have a thought. Yes, uh, I've been testing some other a twenty-four bit uh, sound blaster card. As someone who has traditionally just used normal headphones, motherboard <laughs> audio. I mean, why spend more? Uh, and I've actually noticed sounds that I didn't hear before through my standard. You know, I have Razor Krakens. I have a uh, other headphones and i'm hearing sounds like an XCOM. i'm hearing crackling speakers as i get next to them that i never heard before <laughs> so if you're spending a bunch i don't think it's a must-have by any stretch of the means but if you're spending a lot of money on a gaming rig already and you're spending a lot of money like on the graphics cards and the visuals i think it's a good 
extra purchase to get more out of your audio as well as your video and the rest of your games and everything like that. That's pretty fair. I mean, I've, I've always used a sound card, so I, I think onboard doesn't. Yeah, it works. But do you think the comparison is like I was saying, although I, I don't think the scale is right. It's like uh, an IGP, somebody just playing, you know, a low end game on an IGP versus, you know, an entry level, you know, GPU. What's what's better, right? You, yeah, you could do this on that IGP, but it's going to be ugly right so motherboard i mean motherboard that's what i've always used motherboard audio and i've never had an issue with it and i think that if you don't have the budget for it then stick with that because it works just fine but if you have you can get sound cards for 100 bucks this one's a fancy 32-bit one i think that's the first 32-bit one ever and it's 150 bucks so if you're already spending a thousand dollars on a fancy gaming rig i think it's worth the extra 100 bucks yeah just experientially yeah. And oh, sorry. No. I also think need is kind of a strong word, right? I yeah. mean, it really also depends on how good your hearing is. There, there are some people that I know who can't pick out certain details, even if you have them set up on a really high end kind of setup. Whereas some people like my father, I mean, that man can pick out the faintest detail in like a hail of bullets in a, a movie. So it, it, I would also just tailor your purchases to what you know about yourself. That's from having children, I will say. Because you're right. Brad knows. The, no, no, I, I'm not making this up. You'll be sitting in the living room, and you you can hear that crackle of the potato chip bag opening up. In the kitchen. What was that? It's like, no, what are you doing, right? Marianne, what are you doing? Opening the potato chip bag. It's like, no, you can't eat potato chips. Too close to dinner. Now, you don't have that sound card. That's like, you're not going to hear your kid. You know, and that's not the same. So uh, there, there is some chat uh, in YouTube. You know, people are talking about, hey, the, the price, uh, you know, versus getting an external DAC, which, you know, as, yeah. as a video sound professional, uh, I've always run external DACs, you know. So uh, do you guys have a, a preference, uh, you know? Uh, do you want something uh, external like that, or would you rather get a video card? Oh, you mean sound card? For me, sound I, card. I'm I, sorry. I, so the the one thing that the whole external DAC, you know, external because I mean your USB, your just your cheap old USB um, cans that everybody runs today, that's an external DAC, right? So you there's no that's all done outside the box. That sound Real will low be end, yeah. even on the low end. That sound will be cleaner than most of. The, uh, of a cheap motherboard, the sound will be actually cleaner because yeah. it's external. But so the the one argument that I still believe in, although it is very hard to justify, is a sound card lets them do post processing. It lets you if if there actually is any advanced you know three D audio that is even done anymore in today's games, it will let you take advantage of that more so than um, an external deck, which can be pristine, but you're not going to do all the fancy direct sound 3d stuff now the problem is you know what direct sound 3d is dead um it's really hard to get anything that supports kind of these advanced audio apis so it really doesn't in that case it's like yeah it's probably better to run a dac i mean unless microsoft comes back and says hey we want to support uh direct sound 3d or there is also the xbox audio i think x audio 2 or something like that if that is if that is done inside internally, then yeah, I mean that's that's you're probably going to get a better experience out of a Sound Blaster card or or a Zonar than you are from an external uh, ASUS make Zonar than you are from an external DAC. Long answer. Do you think it's worth the price difference? 
I, I don't know. I, it's tough. Like, it depends, right? So, yeah, you're talking, if I'm talking like you taking $150 and you taking a step down from a 1080 to a 1060 or a 1080 to a 1070, I got to say go with the 1080. I'm sorry. I love audio and all that. But if you're looking at giving up that kind of performance to go from a 1080 to a 1080 Ti, <laughs> take that Ti and run. At the same time, you've got your build, you've got your 1080 Ti, you've got your all this other stuff, and you're just looking for ways to justify paying for your 44 lanes CPU. <laughs> Drop a sound card in there. Although, I mean, the card is like a buy one card, so it doesn't take a lot of bandwidth. No. But, but clearly, um, yeah, if you, it's an extra. It's like I, I actually thought I, I would you consider an external? I'm uh, not external. Would you consider a sound card like G Sync? Like, you know what? I play on a 60 hertz panel at home. I'm fine. But I can tell you, G Sync is just beautiful. And Free Sync, let's give the shout out to AMD too. It's beautiful. It's just like, could you go back to running on a 60 hertz panel after you've done G Sync or Free Sync? Once you've used that, you can't go back. And I, now that I've been dabbling in sound cards, I consider it the same. I'm always going to have some sort of either an external deck or a cheap sound card and all my computers going forward. There are luxuries that are nice to have. And once you get used to them, you can't go back. Yeah. So uh, Igloo says, uh, so Gordon basically says, unless you have a 1080 Ti and an i7, you shouldn't even consider a sound card. (laughs) I guess that's one way to summarize what you said. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I would not buy a $150 Zonar or or Sound Blaster to put in a $500 build. I just think that's illogical. I would make my $500 build a $600 build and put a better GPU Mm -hmm. in, put a larger SSD in. I mean, it's unfortunate. The PC, every PC is a life raft, right? Who are you going to push overboard, right? When you're down at that low end, (laughs) the power supply goes overboard, (laughs) case quality goes overboard, and it's like, well, sound card, you're gone too, right? And then... Yeah, but there. you go, you subscribe to the philosophy of dumping everything overboard <laughs> in order to get to your price. You know, like you are so focused on specific parts where like you're actually willing to buy a case with an included PSU and use yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that because... I, but for some gotta, people, audio is a big deal. So, I mean, yeah. that's the beauty of the PC, right? Where you can actually tailor your build to what really matters to you. Yeah. If you like care, if, even if you don't game, like if you just like listening to music, I think... That would these would be good additions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and hey, to your earlier point, when you're talking about speeds and feeds, you know, the not a lot of people don't have a PC just for gaming, right? They're doing other yep. things. So if you're doing content creation, yeah, you want good sound, you know, like that. Like it's like I I need that. So it's it's a uh, definitely I would I would much rather take a uh, you know one step down video card and be able to have good audio in there because I do like a ton of work on there so to me it makes sense yeah go ahead sorry i would say that if you've got a decent pc it's a great addition for 100 bucks like if you have like a core i5 or ryzen 1600 x pc and you have a gtx 1060 or 480 you know a good 1080p machine i would rather spend 100 bucks on a sound card at this point than i would to upgrade to another higher step up graphics card or processor if you have a good enough pc that's a it's a decent hundred dollar add-in or less yep <laughs> what was that noise? he dropped his fidget spinner <laughs> you dropped your yeah. fidget spinner i always sit here do you really have a fidget spinner oh no no i have all kinds of cables I just i'm just giving him crap <laughs> it's a usb cable the... he's plugging it in like which way it never goes in the mic actually 
It's a SATA cable. Oh, he's got an official PC World fidget spinner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, are you going to do a a review on this? Uh, What can people look forward to? I yeah. So people look forward to what I really want to do. Actually, I'm going to give shout out uh, Tech Yes City. Actually, did a pretty thorough analysis of the audio coming out of the the uh, AE5 Sound Blaster AE5. He said it's stellar. I'm going to be running some blind test tests because I really want to see. I, I'm going to take a very good motherboard, great onboard audio, and I'm going to put it up against AE5. Get a bunch of people. I'm not going to tell them what's in it. Ask them what they prefer. So that that's my plan for how to review the quality of it. So awesome. We'll see. So do we want to get to the heavy hitter? Yes, this is. <laughs> I'm one excited about this about. topic. All right, let's 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 move it on. Elena, do I, Elena, so Elena's going to bring this us up me. to this one. All right, so. You know, last week was it? Last week feels like ages ago. Last week was E three. Yeah, it was ages yes. ago. So, like oh. a, a week ago, Microsoft officially announces Xbox One X. Uh, so it's their that's their official name now for Project Scorpio, the 4K console. Um, we didn't get any really new information in terms of what's under the hood. Just really the name and the games. <clears throat> Was the, were the main focus and the price and the launch date. So November seventh, five hundred dollars. Once one configuration, as far as I can tell. So for five hundred dollars, I mean you can build a PC, and honestly you can build a four K thirty PC. So I decided just as a fun exercise, I would go through and try to price out a PC and see how low I could get it, given current pricing and what the state of things are right now. And oh boy, people are really <laughs> interested in that topic. Is that like a plus interested or more like they, they want to? Well, it was interesting because I I wrote it from a very neutral perspective, right? Because I have one foot on like each side of the divide where I really love the PC. I love what it can do. But I mean, I started as a console gamer and always kind of kept up with that. I think we are almost all started as console gamers. Of course, mine was an Intellivision. So <laughs> actually, I guess it was an Atari. <laughs> nice. Speaking of, apparently uh, Atari is going to be bringing back some hardware, TBD. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Atari well, is not Atari anymore. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah. But I was just like, really? You guys are still like doing that like death spasm thing? Like, I thought you just kind of given up. They only exist because of Blade not. Runner, basically. Yeah. Um, so, hey, uh, so. real quick, you know, maybe start off with you with your thinking that went behind this and then kind of go over the, uh, I, I pulled it up here too, you know, so kind of step us through what 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 you uh, put in. Okay, so the the one problem with the build is obviously since Microsoft uses semi-custom parts, you can't find the exact equivalent off the shelf. So I decided just f- for the sake of it, partially for cost and partially it thematically keeps up with it, I went with as much of an AMD build as I could. So I grabbed for my part list the FX 8300, which at the time was $90. That is, I mean, on paper, I guess it's an eight-core part, but we all know it's not really an eight-core part. <laughs> well, it doesn't perform like a modern eight-core, yes. Right. FX fanboys. So It would still beat the pants off of uh, the Jaguar cores. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Right? So, Undoubtedly. I mean, when you're, when you're putting, what, like maybe like a five-year-old up against a four-year-old to have a punching contest, it's kind of like, okay, well, that's, that's cute. So... FX8300. Uh, motherboard, I I picked the cheapest I could find, and I, I also did my best to make sure it was actually compatible and wasn't going to fry 
And as best as I can tell, that CPU will work with that motherboard if people on forums are to be believed. It should. It should. It's a, so the first, uh, the ASRock or the FX8300, 90 bucks, And then the ASRock 970 Pro 3 motherboard, $45. Yep. Damn, forty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like there is that are the build, whole motherboard. Are, is that just like part of it? <laughs> there are build notes in this, so like that. So this is all pricing as of uh, June fifteenth, which was last Thursday. I published the article on Friday morning. Uh, so that forty five dollar price includes, I think, a ten dollar mail in rebate or fifteen dollar mail in rebate. Um, RAM, I just grabbed eight gigabytes of uh, standard DDR3 RAM, sixteen hundred megahertz, single DIM, single, single DIM. DIM. For cost, God, forty-seven dollars. Yeah, for RAM price is crazy yeah. these days. Yeah, that RAM stick costs more than that whole motherboard. <laughs> well, the, the kicker, <laughs> it does. It's forty-seven dollars. And the kicker is, is that you can get DDR4 RAM for like that price or slightly lower. Yeah, DDR3 is just because they're. I don't think anybody's fabbing it. It's just like I know just what's sitting around it's in the. Starting to become like a vintage part at this point. <laughs> yeah, but I did that eight gigabytes just so that because it's a PC and you're probably going to be running other things like I. I didn't want to hobble it unnecessarily, even though for gaming, you're going to be relying on the memory and the graphics card. So that's 47 bucks. And then the graphics card comes with a big fat asterisk because as we all know, it is really hard to get 1080p cards right now. So I picked for the build an RX 580, the eight gigabyte version. And in theory, if it were in stock, it would be a it would be two hundred and sixty six dollars from a vendor right now, but we all know one that's not the list price, and two that's not the actual going price on right. the street because you can't get them because of yeah. miners. So you can buy them used for four hundred dollars. Oh my god! Oh, it's we're, going we're, up we're, even more since we last talked. We're we're gonna yeah. save that for after this. We're, let's let's get through. Yeah. I want to get through this parts list. Yeah. Cause. So and then uh, just grabbed a. Uh, one terabyte hard disk drive, 50 bucks. Now, Microsoft didn't give any details about what type of drive it was. They didn't say if they were sticking with a 5400 RPM drive, if they had gone to a 7200 RPM drive, or if they were taking a page out of their Elite configuration when they released that. It was like a year, year and a half ago, which had a hybrid drive. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and that was like their premium one, which costs like an extra 100 bucks or something. And since this is a $500 console, I could see them putting it in, but there was no confirmation. All there was was like in the Digital Foundry like preview that we all read back in April, they hinted at some kind of like 50% more bandwidth. And it's like, what the heck does that mean, you guys? <laughs> like, oh. did you change the connector type? Is it now like SATA 3 instead of SATA 2 or... So I just picked, for sake of simplicity, 7,200 RPM drive, and I just moved on with my life. <laughs> 50 um, bucks. 50 bucks. One, one terabyte caviar blue. And if you want to read, you can go to PC World. This story's still there. Yeah. Uh, optical drive, because Xbox One has an optical drive. This is, this is where you have to make a sacrifice to even get close to 500 bucks. I went with a standard Blu-ray drive for 43 bucks. Uh, the next build, the upgrade, the upgrade build, quote unquote, uses an actual 4K uh, Blu-ray drive, and as I'll explain in a moment, it completely like changes the pricing. Yeah. And then for the rest of it, I just kind of picked the cheapest things 
possible that wouldn't potentially blow up the case. So no, no PSU case combos. <laughs> you got ripped Gordon. off here. No, no. This is Come these are pretty on. decent prices. So thirty five dollar, five hundred fifty watt, uh, eighty plus bronze PSU, uh, just like a standard ATX case from a manufacturer that was well known enough that I don't think I'm going to get cut when I'm trying to put parts into it. Because <laughs> you can go no, lower. Like, you can't go lower, so, but that's when you start sacrificing actual blood for the for the cause. <laughs> All right, so Thermaltake 550, power supply, and then Thermaltake Versa uh, case. I mean, Thermaltake's a known name. So 70 bucks. 70 bucks for your case. $69. So, that's like a, man, that, that is not a, that's not a budget build. You should like... My feeling is it should be like $25 for case and power supply. I'm not willing to risk the power supply that you would choose, and I'm also not willing to risk the, the like bloodshed that is sure to occur. And I have smaller hands, and I still have problems with that. And then finally, OS, uh, we use Brad's technique of uh, getting a, was it, Kinguin? I don't know to pronounce it. Like Penguin? Kinguin license? Mm-hmm. And then the, yeah, Kinguin. Another uh, 10 bucks for shipping because I couldn't find anything that was completely free or didn't qualify for prime shipping. Okay. Total price, not including tax now, and if you were really good with filing all your rebates, 652 bucks. So, will this, so we think this would give you Xbox One X performance or close to it, I guess? Yeah, because I mean, console gaming, they're, they're probably not, they're, I mean, they're not going to be able to shoot for anything like higher ultra. So they're playing at normal, oh, yeah, medium definitely. settings. Yeah. And they're not going for, they're not going to get 60 frames per second in every game. So 30 is the bare minimum for what I was going for on this. I mean, that five, yeah, the, the majority of the cost is the 580. Do you think you could step it down and, you know, still nope. try to get 570 wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't cut it. All right. All right. No, nope, for 4K. Could not. So that's Brett, Brad, you're the GPU expert here. For that's that's for a smooth 30, 30 frame rate. 30 Ooh, careful, someone's going to make that into a little clip. A smooth, <laughs> smooth, <laughs> buttery smooth. 30 frames a second experience there. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at the teraflops, look, because AMD makes this and it makes the GPU inside the Xbox One X, the, the teraflops are like one to one right there. They're basically the same. It's the same kind of experience. And that, if you use a mixture of medium and high settings, which is realistically what consoles use, you could hit 4K 30 FPS in the majority of games with a 580, I think. Uh, if you go uh, down to a 570, you couldn't. If you go to like, if you try to spend two hundred bucks on a three gigabyte uh, GTX ten sixty, you cannot game at four K with three gigabytes of oh. memory. So, okay, even if you uh, pumped it down to you know low settings, uh, you you could, but then you might as well just get an <laughs> Xbox One X, <laughs> right? So, uh, Elena, um, it's weird. I'm seeing this part list here, but where's where's the controller? Oh man, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so if, it's not really that price, right? Well, if so, here's the thing, and I <laughs> I should have made it explicit in the article, but I wrote it for PC World, and so most people on PC World are PC oriented. They're going to be interested in this from a PC perspective, which means most likely not they're going to play with a mouse and a keyboard. So I figured that the point of this build was from that perspective that you were just building a PC to mimic the performance level of an Xbox One X. And on top of all that, you would still have everything you can do with a PC. 
But that was like the number one piece of feedback I got because really? of course, because of course, this article attracted a bunch of people who are console fans, and, they and so they want they wanted to prove that their you know new thing to rally around is just that much even like that much more better. How is it? Yeah. Okay. Because so the Xbox One X gives you a ton of value for your money. Yeah. That's basically the short of it. Because if you add on the 4K Blu-ray drive to this, you have to completely change this configuration. You have to add in a KB Lake processor, either an i5 or an i7. And then you have to change the motherboard. And there's only... (laughs) I didn't know this until uh, I chatted with Gordon. And this is after I published the article because he was so deep in the weeds with the Skylake X uh, uh, review that I didn't actually have a chance to really chat with him. And he's like, did you know that that Pioneer 4K Blu-ray drive that you put in there is actually only compatible with three motherboards? For the the, um, HDR stuff, basically. You can do 4K Blu-ray on the PC. You just can't do it with the um, The HDR. HDR stuff. Right. And so that's specifically for just watching movies off a disc in HDR. So in order to have that capability to match the Xbox One X, you end up shelling out like another 200 something dollars. So the final build total for that was I think like 9 right something. <clears throat> and almost $300 more actually. And keep in like mind 944. That is for if you want to watch HDR, you have to have Intel SGX technology on the motherboard and that's only going to run through the IGP. So you're not going to be running it on a, on an RX 580, which is another thing that is like oh. So there's there's a lot of um, weirdness to getting, pe- and this is all for the DRM components that's in, yeah. embedded in HDR, <clears throat> and those, uh, those 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 Blu-ray drives. So 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 uh, they're very rare. They're very rare on PCs. It's surprising actually. How it's like impossible to find a 4K HDR Blu-ray drive. Yeah, because I mean um, the the. The checkoff list they even get the thing to actually run Power DVD, which the new version supports fine. I've seen the demos; it's awesome. But <laughs> it's like, okay, this is not. This is really hard to justify. I'll just i I will get an Xbox One if I'm <laughs> so sorry. Uh, side note: There's a lot of people saying uh, they want more uh, uh, hardcore hardware videos. Gordon, people are fans of are you your, serious of yeah the last Ryzen one. Uh, but side note, Elena. Um, why? Why not go with a, a free OS? Uh, you know, Steam OS or uh, or Linux. You know. <laughs> well, if you want a smaller games library, sure. So, I mean, that's another thing about this build. So, this number two thing that I got as a comment was a bunch of people pointing out that Microsoft obviously gets volume discounts. You know, it's the scale of which they can man you have these manufactured and like the volume pricing that they get, right? So it's like they kept saying, people kept saying, of course you can't beat or match or beat that price. I don't think that's necessarily true because right now we're in the middle of high RAM prices, higher storage prices, honestly. Right, there's no SSD in here. Right. And then on top of that, there's just that, what we're about to get to, the whole like crazy situation with the graphics cards at like that 1080p ultra range. Yeah. So I think as we get closer to holiday, this could really change so that by the time like November 7th rolls around with combination of deals and hopefully better availability, you could match that 
honestly. 500 bucks? I think. At the lower range, as long as you don't want that 4K um, HDR, like disc playback ability. And honestly, being PC gamers, you can do a lot of the 4K HDR stuff through the graphics card as long as you're okay with not doing it through like optical discs. So you're set on that side of things. I think it's possible. We'll see. I think it would have definitely been possible six months ago. Because six months ago, or a year ago, uh, you could find 8 gigabyte RX 480, the predecessor to this, selling for 200 bucks on sale sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that would knock 66 bucks off. Mm-hmm. You could knock, if you don't need the optical drive, that would knock off another 43 bucks. That's 100 bucks off. Mm-hmm. You know, the RAM would have been half that price. So that would have been another 25 bucks off. And you could get damn close to 500 bucks. Just right now, it's a really hard mm-hmm. time to try to build a budget PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, another random side note, you know, to play games online, you know, you got to have Xbox Live Gold, you know, and that's, you know, anywhere between 40 to $50 a year. It's 60 a year. Well, retail, but yeah, usually you can find a, a, a cheaper prices. But, you know, on the PC, you don't have to pay for that for online. So, you know, just so a little five things years, here and there. Yeah. Five times 60. So. Oh yeah, and you get Steam sales, and there's all kinds of benefits to being in the PC yeah. ecosystem. But that doesn't—I mean, that's, that's kind of a different conversation than yep. the raw hardware discussion. Yeah. Although I gotta say, I that for think even for six hundred and fifty dollar build, that is a hell of a lot of hardware. Even at the inflated yeah. prices that it that it's you know we're sort of living in. That's mm-hmm. remember, remember six hundred fifty dollars <laughs> used to be IGP and a you know a, a, a four hundred gig hard drive. You know. And it was one of your specials with PSU yeah. tucked inside. Well, that's <laughs> the Gordon Look, special. You could have saved, you could have saved forty bucks right here if you'd gone with the case power supply combo. <laughs> the secret there, my secret to the case combo move. That's my signature Gordon move. I I pulled that on so many people over the years. Finisher. You, you you buy it from a company that has that you can call and complain to. So a lot of these people have lifetime warranties, but like Rosewell is a house brand for Newegg, and you can call up Newegg and say my power supply blew up, and you know eventually you'll get somebody and they'll replace it. Eventually you'll get somebody. Well, you know, it's from support is not we're not you're not paying you know tier one boutique pricing where they come out and they switch your they're gonna it's gonna be work to get it, but. You can get it replaced. I think it's you know it's a good way to, to, to really just cut a lot of the pricing off of it. So, so uh, here's another good question from uh, Facebook. Um, Steven Lopez uh, wonders: Is Microsoft making any profit from the Xbox One X? You know, now that you went through this, what, what do you think? Do you think they're able to uh, he, squeeze some profit? He actually said, uh, I think it was a Business Insider interview that. So they asked him, are you losing money on this? And he uh, he wouldn't answer the question. He just said they're not making any money off of it. Huh. So that's the most we know. And that's, which is really good because in the classic console model, they just they take it in the shorts for years and years and years on the hardware. I mean, I can't I think Sony's still paying off the PS3, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> 25 years later, they'll still be paying for it. Yeah. Like a 30-year loan for the PS3, I think. And cell Phil processor. Spencer, yeah, Phil Spencer did note that it's not that way with this particular yeah. like model. That they're that's not their actual business model for this. That they just plan to take like massive loss on it to push the platform. Right. So it sounds like they're close to breaking even, if not breaking even on this at least. Right. And they that's make, my feeling. They're right on the line. Yeah. And they make the money up in the software. So 
I mean, it's for them, it's pretty good for both. Yeah. For Sony and Microsoft, uh, basically becoming PCs, it's actually been a good deal for them, I think. Uh, and this one, like the Xbox One X, actually like supports FreeSync monitors, and uh, mm-hmm. they've been talking about adding keyboard and mouse support over time. So no, never. Yeah. And it's uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be VR ready, although they didn't say anything about it at nope. this year's E3. Yeah. This, yeah. this could definitely yeah. run VR. They, oh yeah. Just now. <laughs> but there's they haven't said anything about like what headsets they're going to support or whatnot. And they they seem to be still you know touting that flag of uh, Xbox games on PC you know like PC anywhere stuff mm-hmm. you know like I, yep. I I I felt like the PC was still getting love you know even even during this uh, round uh, we got a guy on YouTube uh, P D P Draggy uh, asks can you Ethereum mine on Xbox though. <laughs> That's a great segue right? for right. our next little that bit. Of I, want, I wanted to say something about this before we segue. <laughs> okay. All right, I want to say ahead. something. Brad. The most interesting bit of this whole exercise to me is seeing how much it costs between the motherboard and the drive and everything <laughs> to add 4K HDR playback to a PC. And that makes me like the Xbox One S, the cheap $200, $250 one, that much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's $250, I think. Yeah. But Crazy. you can get it for 200 on sale right now. But wait, let me point this out, though. So the RX 580 in here is 266. We know realistically if you can get one that you have to stand in line in front of the store and get it at 5 o'clock in the morning, right? It's going to cost you 500 bucks. But <laughs> isn't it cheaper because now you can mine <laughs> with your PC? <laughs> like I've I've seen estimates where they will pay off. Like the GPU, your GPU purchase is paid off within three to four months of Ethereum mining, right? Oh wow! Yeah, it's all about return on investment. Yeah, you can make a hundred. Depend on the card. I've seen up to one hundred and fifty bucks a month. What? God! Wow! Wow! That's Recently, because now they're in the middle of that pricing bubble, which I get is the segue, I guess. That's a segue. I think <laughs> oh, that segue, which is that's my that was my see, that was the news at eleven. That they was always great. like that was they great. always go like water is poison in your local reservoir. News at eleven. <laughs> it's eight o'clock. I need to know How now. How can your toilet kill you? Well, here's the national emergency. I have declared. I we we have officially declared a national state of emergency for GPUs. <laughs> You yep. can't get the damn things no more, right? <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can get a, you know, a ten fifty or five sixty or a ten eighty, and that's it. <laughs> Even those, it's ten eighty. I was looking; the prices have spiked up a bit. They're like six hundred and something dollars again. I, what the hell's going on? Is it really just the mining? It's the mining. It's all kinds of mining. All kinds of mining are going through bubbles right now, and a lot of them. Uh, I think we talked about this last time. Uh, are reliant on GPUs. So, like, back when the Bitcoin craze came about and you couldn't buy Radeons forever, uh, it's kind of like that, except for now it's with, like, Ethereum and Zcash and stuff like that, different technologies. But Radeons have been sold out and impossible to get for a month now or so, maybe a little bit longer. And now, over the past week, it's starting to hit NVIDIA, too. Like, I just wrote an article about it today. You can't buy a GTX 1060 3 gigabyte for a reasonable price. You can't buy... Uh, the GTX 1070, don't even try to buy it. Like they're sold out. Like they're supposed to be 380 bucks. The cheapest one I found was 470 and most were closer to $600. Adam, sell. Adam, sell your 1070 car. $600. Why don't you just buy a a 1080 at that point? That's what I don't get. If you're going to do it for gaming, you should buy a 1080, but the power use and efficiency combo of the 1070 makes it Uh, more efficient for mining. Oh. 
Wow. Oh my God. Those so, guys are, I picture them like, uh, you know, like the, the massive drug farms. <laughs> one of the things they have problems like, oh my God, they, cause they can find them by looking at how much power they use. So they have to like, we have to minimize our power usage so they can't spot we're doing all this mining. You, know? you go on there and there's all the grow lights, but it's just basically a bunch of radions and uh, G-Force cards. How many, I want to know how many people are actually doing this from like their offices where like they don't actually track power consumption. They just quietly have it running under their desk while they're, you know, doing their spreadsheets for the day. I think you're giving people too many ideas here. Yeah, I, That's I don't know if watch. they're quiet, though. Somebody was telling me even the R9 cards, like, are fantastic at Ethereum. Like, so R9 yeah, older... the 390s and stuff like that, you can, if you have those, sell them. I, uh... Well, the problem is now you can't buy it. You can't upgrade to a 1070 <laughs> oh anymore. So I don't know if you have a couple of them, sell them and get a 1080. Uh, well, it sounds like, uh, or at least uh, we got somebody in, in YouTube saying that there's uh, no shortage of EVGA 1070s in their uh, traded in program, the refurb program. Really? So who knows? But uh, that's their trade in program, though. That's different than going out and buying yeah, one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You would think the EVGA would just sell them to somebody at full retail, you know. We got a bunch of we got a truckload of these ten seventies, we'll sell them to you. You would think uh, they would take all these refurb parts and set up some GPU mining of their own, right? Yeah, you're right. Good way to ah. boost the bottom line. Oh <laughs> there are OEMs well, there's system integrators is the correct terminology apparently. Is that the that have that have actually done that. They've they've actually set up farms for for the last last Bitcoin thing. I'm sure that they're redoing all that over again. So what I'm worried about, and this is worse than the last time, because with Bitcoin, you couldn't buy Radeons for, I I swear, like a year and a half. Is this ever going to go away? And then it's so bad now that people are just buying GeForce, even though they're a little less, they're less efficient than Radeon, right? They're just buying them anyway. Um, It depends. There's different technologies, like they're better at Zcash, so on and so forth. But yeah, it's spreading. (laughs) So what do we do? I mean, because it's only going to get worse. Hoard. Nothing. You just hoard what you have. Wine and cry. Yeah. Don't spill water on what you got. Oh my God. Or you sell it at a tremendous profit. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, just... but then you can't buy another one. That's the thing. Like people, what people were doing when this first happened is taking their 480 and selling it for you know 400 bucks, and then going and buying a 380 dollar GTX 1070. So upgrading the tier. But now the GTX 1070s are sold out too. <laughs> so. So now you have to upgrade to a 1080 Ti. It's only yeah. one you can get. Uh, well, well, that sucks. Yeah. I just had to, you know. I just had to. <laughs> it's all that was in there. Man, that's crazy. Uh, so yeah, the, this all this got sparked. Uh, we also had a question about about this, right? Uh, but yeah, we, we're on the the Q and A section. So if you have questions for these guys, just uh, chat yes. them in. And we and, actually and have a bunch. We'll rapid to. fire. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, let, let's go some through some ones. of them. All right, let's, let's start going through them because <clears throat> these are. This is from Don. I can't read my printout. It's so tiny. Don Loazzo. Uh Do you think... Oh, he sort of mentions it. Oh, no. Actually, this is on you, Twitter, correct? This is on Twitter. Uh, do you think this CPU gen is a mess? And next would be... I'm going to guess he's saying... And the next would be great for both... The next generation would be better for both Intel and AMD. I have a, a Core i7-3770K and a 1080 Founders Edition. And see no reason to, I'm going to assume, upgrade. Because Twitter, you can't fit more words in. So. Uh, yeah, he was looking for gaming and he has, he said in a follow up tweet, a 1440p 60 frames per second monitor, 1440, 60 ivory bridge with the 1080 founders edition. I, yeah, I mean, I think it, Unless, it go ahead, Brian, you want to, you want to go? 
unless you're streaming or doing something else crazy while you're uh, gaming, I would sit tight on that. Right. Hey, although I, I got to say the chipset is just, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's ancient, ancient, crusty old chipset. So there are some reasons to upgrade M.2, USB 3.1, all kinds of cool new New technology, but yeah, New. newer technology, <laughs> faster. If you don't need it, then yeah, if you're fine, don't don't spend the money. Wait for something better, right? Mm-hmm. Next, Matt Jarrett on Twitter. Oh, when I turn on or off my PC build, the fans go hard for two or so seconds and then calm down. Temps and fan speeds look all right. What gives? Question mark. Anybody? My my past build did that as well. Like right, right as I powered it up, that they, they would spin up and then they would uh, come back down. Yeah. So I would pretty standard. Yeah, it's pretty standard. Yeah. I, I think it's. Um, I go in. Uh, it's sort of. It's probably your motherboard just spooling the fans up to max voltage, and um, you you might be able to change the mode in it and the fan profiles to turn it down. Some of them also have a dust blowout uh, modes where they attempt to blow the dust out of the system when you power up or power down by spooling the fans up at full speed it could hmm. be that hmm. um but my guess is it's just when you turn it on motherboard is giving everything you know maximum amount of voltage you're spinning up to all they can and then uh, it shuts off so I, I got a random question from me i'm i'm start. i have a uh clc system uh god I, I guess i bought it in 2014 uh i'm starting to hear the faintest little bit of liquid noise you know when it's pumping through yeah should i be worried no, I wouldn't worry no. about it. Okay. I mean, I I would go till hey, the temperatures are not running right. Yeah. Okay. So I or you know what? Like everybody says, they all love their air coolers. <laughs> Walk by a <laughs> big giant air cooler and scratch the hell out of your hands when you put it in. So no, I, you know there's there is that 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 is true. You don't really have maintenance on an air cooler generally. So uh, next question, Garrett. At Metalhead eleven twelve four eight seven on Twitter, I recently upgraded to a two K G Sync panel. I'm running two nine sixty four gigabytes uh, cards in SLI, and it's not up to par. Upgrade now to ten eighty or wait for next generation. Brad, sounds like you. Uh, if it's not up to par with what you're doing today, you can always wait for the next generation with PC stuff. I mean, there's always something new right around the corner. Uh, we have no idea when Volta, the next generation NVIDIA parts, are actually going to launch. Um, we do know that AMD's Vega part is going to launch at the very end of next month. Whether or not that's a hard launch or a paper launch, we don't know. So you might want to wait a month and see what that offers compared to the GTX 1080. But I would have no qualms buying a GTX 1080 right now. It's just a kick-ass card. and It doesn't look like NVIDIA's next gen is going to come out in the next few months at least. Yeah. And I, yeah, boy, you know, and actually he's perfect. He sort of, he luckily misses, assuming he's a he, yeah, it's a he, uh, he misses that whole, you know, 10, 1070, 480 thing because he's got a 2K yep. G-Sync panel. So I'm going to assume, you know, a 120, 144 hertz panel, 1080 would be great for that. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, yeah, I guess I'd wait and see what, what, uh, what, uh, oh, if he has G-Sync, yeah, if you have G-Sync. I would totally just get a 1080. <laughs> but don't you want to wait to see what AMD does? Even if yeah, it's not all that, the prices will come That's down, the price right? thing. I would say that even though you're not going to move to Vega, if they put enough pressure on NVIDIA, it's likely NVIDIA could drop prices a little bit more on the 1080 or even 1080 Ti. So That's a fine point. It's, it's worth waiting if you're not in a rush. Right. Yep. NVIDIA's- but that being said, SLI, 4G, 4 gigabyte, 
960s will definitely be have issues with that display. So if you feel like you need to upgrade now, don't feel bad about upgrading now because you can only use the 4 GB of memory and SLI, and a lot of games don't support SLI, so yeah. it's probably having a rough time with that panel. Yeah, 960 is a little tough, I think, on a... On a G-Sync helps. Yeah, but, you know, I could definitely see... An upgrade definitely would be nice, but yeah, and you're right, nobody's gonna not going to sell a G-Sync panel. You wouldn't go to Vega on your G-Sync, so locked into NVIDIA and forever. That's why, as much as I hate <laughs> As much as I love G-Sync and FreeSync, I hate them too. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish they would both just support a universal standard, but this is clearly why. This dude's going to buy NVIDIA until the panel dies, right? So, uh, Next question. Oh, wait, we just talked about it. Uh, Garwin, we did talk about the squeeze. Average gamers, GPUs, yeah, we're just screwed. National emergency. <laughs> we need, we need like, there needs to be a Manhattan project to lower GPU prices or something. Again. Uh, okay, Brad, what's your take? Our folks at, uh, at Kitsuga, this is from Fiona Fox at Kitsuga Gaming. Don't think the i9 is a home run for most gamers. I don't think Extreme Edition or Threadripper chips are in general a home run for gamers. I think you're better with the mainstream platforms. But I got to say, isn't, aren't, isn't Kitsuga Gaming, aren't they like streamers? Uh, I believe they are, yes. So, so. <laughs> if I were if I were Intel, I'd say, well, hey, if you want to stream to um, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, what's the other one? Twitch. Twitch. Oh, there's one more too. <laughs> what's that other one? The whatever Twitch. If you want to do all three at the same time and probably also send it to Twitter, you know, they're arguing that yeah, you need a you need a Core i9 for that because it does help. And I think Gamers Nexus actually did some streaming tests and. Um, he was finding that, yeah, it does help if you're doing multiple, multiple, multiple services. So if you're, yeah, he said it, it, it is a step up over Ryzen. If you are streaming to like YouTube and Twitch simultaneously, yeah. I think in the real world, the number of people who are streaming to both and not one or the other simultaneously is pretty small and is probably professional outlets like us. Yeah. Like, right, we'll like be streaming to Twitch and YouTube simultaneously. But I think most people either switch stream to Twitch or YouTube, in which case something like Ryzen would still probably be a better value proposition. Right. But at the same time, if you are doing multiple, multiple services, that's kind of a home run, right? So, mm -hmm. all right. Uh, uh, I don't know who this dude is. I'm just kidding. Nathan Edwards uh, of Wirecutter fame. I uh, used to work with Nathan. Landon did too, I think, right? Uh, he wants to know what the over and under on actual Thunderbolt 3 shipping on MOBOs now that Intel's opened up the spec. Uh, you've actually been able to get Thunderbolt 3 on motherboards for about a year now. Maybe about a year and a half. Uh, as far not as many, I, though. Not many. Mostly Gigabyte at first. Uh, Asus did do some adding cards. I definitely think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be on the very expensive motherboards um, now, especially because... It's hard to justify the need on a desktop. It's great on a laptop. You can run external graphics. You can do all kinds of cool PCI, external PCIe stuff. But on a desktop, you're going to be running your GPU. You really don't need Thunderbolt 3. It's nice to have. Um, it's going to be a premium feature for at least, I think, 18 months probably. That's too bad, though, because even on desktop, you can at least take advantage of the faster transfer speeds if you want to do for, like, The backup. ecosystem's never really popped up like you think it would. Like, there's not that many hard drives and stuff out there. I know, but I almost feel like it's chicken egg sort of thing, right? Like mm. no one's really adapting, or, like adopting it. So then no one actually makes products for it, and so then it just kind of 
perpetuates. Yeah, it's expensive, and you know, for the desktop again, hey, you know, we got we got PCIe lanes. Uh, we hold 28 of them on some Intel CPUs. So <laughs> uh, most people would rather just do that. So I, it's a tougher sell. It is a value add, I think. And, you know, I've gotten some boards. I've never used it outside of testing because you just don't need it. So, But, yeah, it will come because it's going to get cheap. It's going to get free. Uh, this is from Marshall Victory. Uh, PCIe NVMe versus M.2 slot speeds. Is the PCIe NVMe slower, slow enough to notice, or about the same as an M.2? Anybody want to take that one? I could. I think that unless you're transferring large amounts of data regularly, they feel the same in everyday practice. Yeah, I, I, I think sort of one thing you also have to remember with M.2 is M.2 can be PCIe NVMe up to by four Gen three. It could be HCI up to you know Gen three, you know by four. It can be SATA six. So if it's actually a SATA six in M.2, yeah, it, uh, NVMe will be faster. But like Brad said, are you going to be able to feel it? I'm actually going to try to do some testing uh, pretty soon so we can um, see the difference. Hook up a, two systems exactly the same, one with SATA, one with uh, NVMe PCIe drive, and see what feels different to people. So another blind taste test. Another mm-hmm. blind test test. No, I, I think actually we're gonna we're gonna try to do the video on that one and, and we'll uh, play it back to see you'll be able to see where you start to see the slowdowns on one machine. That's the plan anyway. So in that, theory. Uh, this makes me want to go off on a, a quick tangent, just a sentence or two. The current state of storage technology is insane and confusing to normal people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because like what you just said about the M.2, that's totally true. And how's you know, my friend's gonna come to me and say, Hey, what kind of storage drive should I get? I can't explain that to him in a sentence anymore. Brad, Before your friend, I used to go get an SSD. But your friend will come to you and say, should I get the 7200 RPM hard drive <laughs> or should I get the 5400 RPM hard drive? That's what most of our friends will say. Uh, I don't like, even get that. I get just the, what's an SSD? Yeah. Yeah, that's a Just bummer. buy one. I, I got to say, yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah, it's a mess because there's definitely SAT SSD. There's, you know, M.2. There's U.2. There's... PCIe, there's God luck. It's crazy. Well, actually, that's a that's a great segue into one of the questions I had on uh, YouTube. Uh, e Lopez five eighty uh, is asking, is U dot two dead on the desktop? I don't think it's dead. I, I think it's just it's just starting to get here. Um, there aren't too many U dot two drives. I can only think of one, honestly. Um, but it makes a lot of sense because you know, I, although I say the trend is from Computex, everybody's like going, oh, our board supports three M dot two drives down on the board. So it's hard to see U.2 getting hold right now, but I would rather have a bigger, fatter, easier-to-cool U.2 drive over an M.2 card stuffed under a, a 1080 Ti card or, you know, whatever next-gen, you know, card. It's just they overheat. Hey, and like, oh, I need to pull this drive out to swap it out. Oh, no problem. Pull everything out of the damn motherboard just to get to the, the M.2 drive. That kind of sucks, let me tell you. So Yes, I, I I hate when motherboard vendors put that underneath the graphics card. Mm-hmm. They don't have to. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know because it's you know they're also doing now because all the boards they've got like hey we've got three M.2 slots on this. They're they're taking the M.2 slots and they're putting it you know they're low on the board and they're like in the, in the lower right quadrant and then they cover it up with the heatsink and that's a part that's molded as part of the actual motherboard you know plastic cover. So you're like 
Uh, I got to pull that too, just to get the M.2 drive out of it. And then the thing that other, the other thing that really does suck about M.2, Elena can protest, like that little screwdriver, that little screw, right? And you're like trying to put that in and then it falls. Magnetized <laughs> screwdriver, man. Yeah, but that's How just How do you like, live without it? A U.2 drive, you're just like, it's just like a regular, you know, normal external storage that we're used to. We're not external, but internal, right? So I, I would prefer U.2 over... M.2. There's also power issues with M.2. I forget what it is like. I think it's, God, I don't remember, 18 watts, 20 watts. You really can't pump that much power through M.2. U.2, you can use a lot more power. So U.2 is the future. So The future. You heard it here first. The future is PCIe. (laughs) Directly into the the slot is probably the the highest performance, but U.2 makes a lot more sense. All right, uh, we got a good uh, question from Fabulous. Uh, will the KB Lake four-core eight-thread have better thermal performance than seventy-seven hundred K, assuming both are delitted with liquid metal? I don't know. I mean, so one thing as I've heard conflicting information. I heard out of Computex some people saying that all they did was shut off the IGP permanently, shut off you know, fuse off the IGP on the on the big you know um, Core X version. But I also was told by a vendor, and I think, God, I thought Intel said it too, but they actually had basically eliminated the IGP. So because there's no IGP, they don't have to worry about, oh, my God, you know, this spec says this. What if they run? What if they actually turn on the IGP? It's too much power. Uh, In theory, um, KB Lake X versus KB Lake K should overclock better, assuming they're both deleted. Um, And, you know, in fact, the... The overclocking record for KB Lake X or KB Lake period was set at Computex on a KB Lake X part. So I'm going to guess it's going to be better because why the hell go through all that work to make it absolutely no better than KB Lake K, but that is entirely possible too. So that would really I've suck. never deleted a chip and I'm never going to. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing too is I've heard conflicting information. I've heard from vendors that have deleted um, Skylake X parts and it was soldered. And then, of course, you know, uh, other people, I think uh, Gamers Nexus, they did it, and it was a, a thermal paste, you thermal. know, thermal interface material, which I don't think is the proper, to me, like thermal interface material is the material that gets you from the die to the heat spreader. So that's solder too, right? So the interface material, you're interfacing with it, but maybe that's just because we're kind of word nerds. But um, <laughs> yeah, versus paste versus solder, I, I've heard conflicting information. I got to go with what I've been seeing publicly, which is it is just just cheap ass paste that Intel is putting under their thousand dollar CPUs. So yeah, bummer. Any more questions out of? Uh, uh no, nothing, nothing of note. I mean, people asking about more Xbox One X stuff, but yeah, that's uh, you know, we're not really. About. That's not really our. Just get a PC, build Just get it. A PC. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my advice. Of course, that, everybody knows my bias. So, all right, let's, let's wrap it up before uh, for, before Brad uh, melts in yeah, the sun. He's got yeah in the sun. Yeah, it looks hot in hell in there, Brad. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take us out. Uh, anybody got any last words? Nope. Okay, thank you for joining us. Check back in two weeks for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments, please do. If you're an older person like me who still uses email at the full nerd at PCworld.com. Yes, the full nerd at PCworld.com. That's not perfect. The PC World. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios. Eleni Yee. Bye, everyone. 
And Adam Patrick Murray will take us out. Uh, and be sure to tweet Morphing Ball with all your Xbox One X questions. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>